Well, a very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live, the uh, February 5th, first Friday edition. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. And we're happy to be here. And this is your busy day, first Friday. First Friday is busy. Well, I was busy today because Bishop couldn't make it. He had, a, mm-hmm. I think, a Catholic Schools Week thing, actually, that he Probably. had to participate in. That's right. Celebrating Catholic Schools Weeks. It started earlier this week and culminating this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we thought today would be a nice way to... At least recognize it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a product of, well, 16 years of Catholic education. So, uh, you know, I have a lot of experience there. I was also taught for six years in Catholic uh, school environment. Uh, so, uh, obviously, it turned me out well. <laughs> That's right. Uh, made me who I am today in many ways. I'm serious about that. Now, no worse for wear? No, I loved, I loved, I loved my Catholic schools. I, and I loved the nuns, and the nuns yes. loved me. <laughs> oh James they would say oh James you know I can th- oh well we have to pray but we can talk about it later yeah. okay. I, I'm thinking of a story too about Catholic school so it does it, it brings back wonderful warm memories even our, our kids all went to Catholic school that's right uh, so today in honor of Catholic schools we're going to be joined a little later on this hour by Tammy Corber who's the uh, head of the school the Regina Academy at St. John the Baptist in Ottsville Bucks County Pennsylvania a wonderful um Really successful uh, Catholic Academy there, so she'll be joining us. Uh, and then later next hour, Dr. Marianne Mount, who is the president of Catholic Distance University. And Catholic Distance University is kind of uh, way ahead of the times because they've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. What a lot of schools have been doing this past year because of the pandemic. But I, honestly, not um, not Regina Academy. They've been open. So we want to hear how Tammy and the, yes. the faculty and staff have been doing that uh, successfully. And in between, of course, Jim is here uh, with our uh, weather forecast. He's our chief meteorologist. And today is National Weather Person's Day. Is that right? That's what Jim told me, unless he's just making it up. <laughs> <laughs> we made him a doctor a few weeks ago. Maybe he's uh, returning the prank. But he said today is Nas- National Weather Person's Day. Well, we need so, some sort of really special fanfare for him. I don't know. I was thinking, uh, uh, you know. Some applause or something. I don't know. Thunderstorm or something. <laughs> uh, and then next hour, our gospel reading for the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time, our friend Father Gary Koch will give the reflection. So, uh, and you know, anybody listening, of course, we always have our, our uh, text uh, capabilities up and running if you want to. Share a memory of your Catholic education or your children's Catholic education. You can text us at 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. And maybe just tell us the Catholic schools you went to or your favorite uh, your favorite nun. Actually, I did see somewhere that Sister Ursula passed away, and and I'm trying. I know I had her in elementary school. Maybe for just a subject or two. Mm. She was a sister of charity, so God rest her soul. Um, But you can text us your comments or memories of Catholic school education, 609-493-8255. And we'll pray. And we've been praying this prayer of consecration, family consecration to the Holy Family of Nazareth. And we're giving them away for free. So you can go to our website and order them, uh, request them. There's no charge. We'll send them out to you. Just let us know how many you want. Uh, I'll give you more information about that, too. So let's begin now, though, and join in prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. 
There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our family to you. O Blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our family to you. O Saint Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from the heart, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous toward those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Mary, Mary, and and Joseph, Joseph, pray pray for for us. And we'll pray our prayers to St. Michael the Archangel and the beautiful ancient prayer to Our Lady. As Holy Father asked us to pray these prayers every day with the specific intention of protecting the Church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. We do not despise our petitions and our necessities. But deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. We pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. And in a special way today, Saint Agatha. Saint Agatha, pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, again, friends, thank you for being here. And uh, as I said, uh, we are kind of honoring Catholic Schools Week uh, today. Uh, I began last Sunday, I guess, officially. And right. This, uh, Sunday. Um, so uh, we're going to be joined in uh, just a little bit by Tammy Corber, who's the head of the school at the Regina Academy at St. John the Baptist in Ottsville, Pennsylvania. And uh, Tammy was with us earlier in the summer at one point, I think. Uh, but uh, again, the school is... Very, very successful, and I understand that um, they're just doing great work there. So we're going to find out more about that school and the benefits of a true, good Catholic education. I want to say it was about mid-August because they were getting ready to open. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it was, of course, all over the news. What schools are opening? Who is virtual? Who is half and half? Hybrid, Mm -hmm. this, that, and the other thing. And there were all sorts of things. And, you know, she felt like we are are going to move forward. They met with the parents. They went through all those— precautions and safety protocols. And I said, we are going to do this. And they have never closed, whereas we've seen so many schools waver back and forth. You know, they're open for a couple of weeks, then they closed again. Then they were hybrid. Then they were this and that. So how is it? What are they doing that mm-hmm. kept them just alive and thriving through this yeah. entire time? So right. I'm anxious to catch up with Tammy. Yeah. And then uh, next hour, Dr. Marianne Mount, who's the president of the Catholic Distance University, uh, talk about that. And she'll be joining us. So and as I said, Jim is here with the weather on this National Weather Person's Day. Wow. 
You so, sure he's going to be with us? I mean, maybe he's on vacation well, he, he in honor me, of He texted oh. me. He said, today's National Weather Person's Day. And I said, <laughs> we'll right. talk to you later. He said, okay. All right, then. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, we, and you were going to tell a Catholic school story real quick before we break? You said you had a Catholic school story? Well, it, I did not attend Catholic elementary or Catholic high school. Um, you were one of the publics. I was a public, yeah. <laughs> and But we would go to the Catholic school for CCD or yeah. at that time, you know, catechism or right. whatever you call it. It's changed its name over the years, prep. Mm-hmm. But um, there was this feeling Something very, very special. I went to Immaculate Conception in Spotswood for mm-hmm. my CCD mm-hmm. after school, whatever day, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I just, as soon as you walked in the building, I, I just loved it. And I can remember that now. You're, we're talking how many years ago? Probably Don't 10. Even, yeah. <laughs> Don't even talk 10, numbers. 20 maybe. And you would still then, you would have some of the sisters teaching the catechism classes right. or you would, the father would come around. Yeah. And um, that was our only touch except on Sunday, but mm-hmm. a more personal touch with the religious orders. And I remember one time we had to build like a little shrine like that you could have on your table at home or something. So, you know, you got styrofoam and foil or whatever. You had mm-hmm. kind of crafty things and made a little floral shrine, whether it was to Mary or or whatever. And we were all walking in to go to class, and I was carrying in my shrine. And Sister looked down, and she just nodded like an approval. You know, they didn't <laughs> say much, but... A little bit of a barely a smile and a nod of approval. Well, you would have thought, mm-hmm. you know, that I won some sort of Academy Award. I mean, that, to get the the look, the personal look and the nod of approval from the nun, I had such high respect mm-hmm. and in awe of them. And yeah. I always wished that I went to the Catholic school. Yeah. And my best friend went to Catholic school. So mm-hmm. I always stayed, like, in touch, you right. know. But, oh, well. Yeah. Fond well. memories. I have many, many, many. As I said, I went through grammar school, high school, and college at Seton Hall University. Although Catholic, I don't know about that. But anyway, <laughs> elementary and high school, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I went to Seton Hall in the 70s, there was a lot of weird stuff going on. Mm. But uh, anyway, it was a wonderful Catholic education my parents sacrificed to give me and all of my siblings, actually. Although I was the only one of us that went to Catholic university, a Catholic, you know, higher university, but uh, we all went to elementary and high school. So. Right. So that was a sacrifice. All right, we'll take a break and come back. We're going to be joined by uh, Tammy Korber, and she's the head of the school at the Regina Academy at St. John the Baptist in Ottsville, Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Tell us all about that. So stay where you are, my brothers and sisters. There's more to come. Now, if you're watching on Facebook, we do have to turn the sound off during the music because they, they block us for some reason. So just so bear you can, with us. you can sing your own song. There, there you, you go. go. Be right back. <laughs> Yes, 
Nice. Yes, Lord. Welcome back. And uh, joining us now is a friend of ours, and uh, we've uh, come to know her and, of course, the great work that's being done at the Regina Academy at St. John the Baptist in Ottsville, right here in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, the head of the school. We want to welcome to the program uh, Tammy Corber. Hi, Tammy. Welcome back. Hi, Jim. Thank you so much for having me on again. I really appreciate it. 
Great. Hi, Tammy. Good, good to be with you. Cheryl here. Hi, Cheryl. Yes. Nice to hear your voice. Oh, I miss you. For a while there, we were chatting a lot at the beginning of the year and then a couple yes, times couple times mid-year, and we're just anxious. We wanted to touch base with you. First of all, congratulations with uh, Catholic Schools Week. And also, congratulations because you've been there every day this whole year when, like, the world is inside out. So we wanted to hear how Yeah, everything... let, let's start there because uh, that's something that, you know, obviously is a, an issue every day for so many parents uh, and teachers and schools. Uh, you've been open, right, since September? Yes, we have. We opened September 1st full-time and in-person with every student and every teacher present. And that's the result of a courageous board and dedicated staff and faculty who wanted the best for these children and parents who recognized very quickly last spring the deficits of virtual and uh, on-screen learning for their children and were eager to join us, as well as many other new ones this year. Oh, absolutely. it's been going great. Oh, that is so. So what? Good. What, are, what are you doing? At, you know, obviously there's some protocol you have to follow or are following. Um, what, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the environment, the school environment, as as that goes. Well, the, the primary purpose was to return to normal inside the building as much as possible, and you know, for all of our decisions, and particularly in this era of COVID, we look at the data, we use common sense, and trust in the Lord. Yeah. And with that, you know, as the basis for moving forward and staying true to the mission he's given us, because we don't want to abandon the mission that God has given us, we've been able to accommodate, you know, all of our students, an additional large number that have enrolled because of this, and keep everyone safe. We have our challenges. We, we have our moments, as you find in every um, work or learning environment. It was interesting. Um, the the numbers that Bucks County looked at, uh, Dr. Dansker with the health department, and I believe this this came out in December, early to mid-December, and at that point, 40% of all the positive COVID cases in Bucks County were students and teachers who were full-time virtual. Really? Wow. Yes. Wow. Classrooms are are safe places. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that people never get sick. No, somebody, mm-hmm. people are around people. We get sick. Let's right. face it. It's, it's not just COVID. It's any anything else as well. Absolutely. But the numbers clearly pointed that for Bucks County, there was a huge number that had nothing to do with with uh, in class instruction and in person instruction. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So this is something that obviously, um, you know, it's not it's not often heard on on the mainstream media that what you're mm-hmm. doing there is very successful and it, it's you know it's you're following the protocol keeping things safe but in person and 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 we hear a lot but i think i just read today that the uh, head of the philadelphia school board in public schools told his teachers not to go back to work on monday uh-huh. i mean it's just the whole thing just seems it's it's so, it's so messy yeah. But you've kept everything as normal as possible over there. You know, I have to say, I, I do follow this parent group um, in Bucks County and, and just happen to be on there. And it is a lot about 
just supporting each other through all the challenges in in COVID. Mm-hmm. But of course, their their parents with children that are in school, whereas ours are grown and gone. But one of them posted um, a nice little paragraph. But her headline was "Catholic schools are surviving COVID," and she mm-hmm. was looking for recommendations of local right now that the children are in public school. You know, a week in, a week out, sometimes home, mm-hmm. sometimes there. She goes, "I just can't do it anymore." They were exploring and looking for recommendations of Catholic schools in the area. And um, mm-hmm. it wasn't just them. They said, you know, call fast or whatever it is, because some of the schools are already getting waiting lists as they're pulling them out of the public school and going to the private Catholic. Are you finding yeah. more calls, interest, or, or anything along those lines? Oh, yes, definitely. Um you know, when some of the decisions were made in uh, in the summer and, and the, the mandates became more restrictive and the schools did not um, necessarily, some of them did, but didn't step up to the plate to maintain full-time enrollment, our phones really began to, rang, to wow. ring. And they have continued to ring um, mm. all through the year. And that, that's been the other very interesting thing. We have people already stepping forward um you know, signing off on enrollment for next year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has just really drawn people looking for a common sense, safe and practical approach um, that still maintains a very high academic learning environment for their uh, children yeah. and where children can learn peacefully and joyfully and work really hard as young students. We're talking with uh, Tammy Corber. She's uh, head of the school at the Regina Academy at St. John the Baptist in Ottsville, uh, Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And so that's an, a good point to bring up and maybe expand a little on, Tammy, that it's not just the pandemic that people are calling you because they want to get away from – they want to go to schools that are open. But it's 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 your environment, it's your curriculum, and how you run your school. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about that, about what exactly makes St. Uh, uh, rather the Regina, the Regina Academy so special. Well, it is – it's a number of things. And, you know, we're – there's a Regina Academy in Abingdon. There is one in Ardmore, as well as Berwyn. And we have a classical education. So we're using the methods and the approach to learning that the church used to establish and expand and grow the Western world. So it is, it is time-tested and proven. You know, children, education, the purpose of education is a search for wisdom and virtue. So we teach children how to learn, how to think, not just what to think, and that combination of reason and faith allows us to, to sincerely say we produce both saints and scholars through the, the Catholic classical schools movement. And this uh, consortium that we have around here in Philadelphia is, is a real bright light for parents looking for something that's not um, a test uh, assessment and test driven like Common Core is, and that looks at the whole child and particularly from a developmental perspective, but that doesn't forget that. First and foremost, our primary mission is the salvation of souls. And so we're here in Catholic Schools Week, and, and yes, we participate, like many Catholic schools um, do around the country, but for us, it's Catholic Schools Week every week. We don't lose sight of our identity and our mission mm-hmm. for the rest of the school year, and we live it out every single day with teachers that see this not as a profession, but it's a vocation, it's a culture and a lifestyle both inside the school and then inside the homes. And it's been a real bright light. And the children that come work really hard. 
They learn Latin at early ages. They're learning a lot of good, strong um, material, but they're doing it in a joyful environment and one that's faithful. Our staff signs an oath to the magisterium of the Catholic Church every year that they will adhere and live out an authentic Catholic lifestyle. Well, it's an extension of the family. I can remember coming to one of your open houses, and there was, um, uh, I, I believe it was the sixth grade teacher at the time. Now, this is already, it was the year before you were there. And um, mm-hmm. she taught there, but her children, two or three of her children, were also going through the school. And she gave a little bit of a witness and a testimony as a teacher, but then also as a parent. And I mean, there, there was just love dripping all over the place and, and how the parents get involved. And it's small enough that it can be just a big family. That's what impressed me so much about the school. Yeah, you're spot on, Cheryl. That's exactly what our life is like on a daily basis. We do approach this as a family, and we are on the small side and deliberately so, Mm. so that we can really get to know the students. We get to know the extended family beyond them. How can we help you? Do you have a personal need that needs more support, whether that's practical or spiritual? Mm-hmm. You know, do you have something that that we can walk alongside you with? Is there a sorrow in your life? Is there a challenge? We're here for you just like your family can be and should be. And we yeah. recognize that, you know, families can be messy sometimes, and that's the human existence. But under under God's grace, you know, we are able to hold uphold one another. And I, I would honestly say that's the atmosphere and the... Um, the expression of life in all of the Virginia academies and many other of the Catholic classical schools that I've gotten to know um, in my time and across the country in their mission. I know we were, Cheryl and I were talking about it before uh, we first came on the air a little earlier, and I went to throughout elementary and high school Catholic schools. Of course, we're talking you know middle of last century um, when things were perhaps different. I would mostly religious uh, teachers, you know, nuns mm-hmm. that taught and and. Mm-hmm. But the way you describe it is the way I felt it. I remember growing up, and it was almost when you walked through the doors, there were two arms that just wrapped around you and brought you in and held on to you mm-hmm. all day long. And it sounds like that's exactly what's happening at Regina Academy. Let's talk a little bit about this coming or this past week. Was there uh, some unique events that you used to specifically celebrate Catholic Schools Week? And as I mentioned earlier, I can remember coming to the open house and with our children in in the Catholic schools— that was always the big kickoff, that we would have a mass, and then people were welcome to walk through the school. There would be refreshments. Some of the eighth graders would give tours. So I suppose this year maybe that had to be reevaluated or recalculated somehow. Well, we did have our, our, our typical kickoff, which was a spaghetti dinner last Saturday night, mm. socially distanced and with lots of carryout available. And it was well supported by the school community and the parish community in which we exist. And then we moved into, of course, we lost a few days this week. We had a lot of snow here in Bucks County. So we were closed for three days. Nonetheless, when we gathered um, with the children starting yesterday, we will have in place, for example, a one-room schoolhouse where we'll create in, in, in each classroom a mix of agents and then give the children a topic to work with on their teacher. That'll be a highlight uh, of their week and was very well received last year to teach across the grades um, with the students mixed like that in the classrooms. Today we had an interactive uh, presentation of the rosary, 
with music and multiple images, beautiful pieces of art that we gather together to do. And we'll do some some normal themes of, you know, allowing the kids to wear, you know, silly socks or slippers mm-hmm. or their sports jerseys. We're doing hard work at, at really needed and important thank yous to the community members who support us, both in the parishes, the, the buses, the bus drivers from the different districts who come in, um, all of those who are a part of our community in one way or another and cross our threshold somehow. We're going to serve breakfast. We're serving breakfast in the entire school Monday morning when they arrive. Oh, great. And, uh, and we have some fun games and activities that we, uh, we bring the classes together for at the end of, of, the, of the day. Yesterday we had some, some uh, dancing some folk dancing that we did. And the children had an absolute blast. But like I said, these are great times, and and we do many of these kinds of things because it's Catholic Schools Week every week Mm. at the Virginia Academy. That's wonderful. Well, we've been talking with Tammy Korber, and uh, she's head of school at the Virginia Academy at St. John the Baptist in Ottsville, Pennsylvania, right over here in Bucks County. Uh, Now, you're pre-K through 8, Tammy? Pre-K? Yeah. Pre-K? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so maybe let our listeners know, anybody who's interested in finding out more about uh, Regina Academy, how they can do that. Well, they can certainly go to our website, which is www.rasjd, for Regina Academy, St. John org. They can certainly call the school office at 610-847-5523. And if they're not in this area, they should look at reginaacademies.org and our other sister schools with whom we are just pleased and proud to be associated. Wonderful. Well, God bless you and all the good people at Regina Academy. And it was good talking with you again. And happy Catholic Schools Week to you. And and keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Please continue to keep us in our in your prayers. We would appreciate an Ave if you would. We absolutely will. Stay well, Tammy. Thank you. Thank you. You too. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, friends, and you stay where you are because we're going to come back. And uh, the man of the hour, National Weather Person's Day, Jim Hoffman, our chief meteorologist, will be joining us. So we'll be right back. Don't go away.
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. All right, that means it's time for our domestic church chief meteorologist on this uh, National Weather Person's Day. Jim Hoffman. <laughs> You're broadcasting out of the shower today? What was <laughs> it was supposed to be a sound bite. It was supposed of to be applause, applause, but I didn't. Re- that was too loud. <laughs> yeah. Just for you, Jim. Just for you. You know, I, I thought uh, this like National Weather Person Day would get me some points at home. Yeah, and so I told my wife. I told Jackie. Yeah. And she said, "So what? Go clean the shower." No. no! There you go. There you go. Yeah. Aww. The- well, was, we're, we're going to love, feeling the love. Yeah, we'll, we'll honor you here. We'll honor you here. You, 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 it's certainly. Now, I didn't, I didn't realize this till you texted me this morning, and and I never knew there was such a day. But apparently, we better keep it on our calendar. Yeah, but is it like the, always the first Friday in February? Is it, how does that rotate? <laughs> well, I I found out ten minutes before I texted you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not something you've been annually celebrating. No, it's never been on my calendar. But it's always the same day. It's uh, February fifth. Oh, it's, it's always the regardless th- of when. Okay, February fifth. Yeah, 5th. yeah, and it's um, it commemorates John Jeffries. It's it's his birthday, and he was the first American weather observer. He started taking observations in Boston back in 1774. So, a couple of years before our independence. Wow. Yay. And um, I guess. Uh, that would make him well over a couple hundred years old now, right? That's right. I wonder if he's still out there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, happy, happy, happy day. Yes. See, I was going to say feast day. Not really a feast day, but it could be a day of feast for you. If you... That's right. I'm thinking a nice dinner, candlelight, at least. Wow. I don't know. I think, you know, a nice feast day, uh, um, like a Catholic feast day, right? Yeah, yeah. right. They mass for me and everything. Yeah, yeah. we could do that. Uh, so now we'll have to put it on the calendar. So next February 5th, God well, willing, we're all still here. We'll, yeah, I know. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, yeah. Cele- we'll celebrate it. Well, it just happened to fall on a Friday this year, and I That's only right. do the weather once a week, so it just worked out great. Oh, maybe, oh yeah. So we'll, we, we, well, we could have uh, um, uh, weather uh, National Weather Persons Week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Catholic school, go. like Catholic schools week. That's right. We'll do it up next year to make all up right. for all the years that we've put it lost. on the family calendar. We got to okay. remember next year. <laughs> all right. <laughs>
So, uh, listen, nice snowstorm. Thank you. Oh, it <laughs> yeah, was a no good. Did you like that? Yeah. yeah, so last Beautiful. week at this time we were talking about a snowstorm, yeah. which which did happen. And now today we're going to talk about, guess what? Ooh. Yeah, don't tell me because we're flying out of here Sunday. <laughs> Supposed oh, to be. Oh, yeah. What time on Sunday? Uh, 3.40, something like that. Afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Oh, <laughs> oh come on. Come on. Don't okay. do that to us. Well, yeah, set us up. What are we in store for? Well, before we get to the nastiness, okay. um, gosh, have you been outside? It's beautiful. It was a gorgeous oh, day gorgeous. today, yeah. yeah. It's in the upper 40s. Mm-hmm. So um, right right now, the uh, temperature is up in northern Jersey. They're upper 30s, low 40s. South Jersey, either 50, maybe I saw a 51-degree temperature along the coast. So. <sighs> Except in Seaside Heights, where it's 85 degrees yeah. all the time, Jeff. <laughs> that's, right? Right. that's right. That's right. <laughs> right that's right. That's right. There you go. I dream and we're all It's a regular utopia that's down right. there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And we, we did have that rain come through, but just north of us, uh, northwest Jersey, got about an inch of snow this morning. So nothing. You have to add on to the two feet that they got <laughs> last week. That's right. That's right. This week. I'm sure they're yeah. calculating. <laughs> yeah. They just love it. Mm-hmm. They just love it up there. Um, but anyway, let's let's move on to the forecast. So tonight, uh, mostly clear. It's going to be cold, low around 25 degrees. Saturday, it's going to start out nice, high near 40 degrees. Uh, but it's going to be it's going to be windy. Uh, winds about five to ten miles per hour out of the west, and we could have gusts as high as 25 miles an hour. So maybe I won't go outside on the bike tomorrow. Maybe I'll <laughs> stay in the basement again. Um, we're going to have clouds moving in on Saturday night with a low around 26. And yes, on Sunday. The snow will start early morning between about 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. in central Jersey, under 32. And the National Weather Service has issued a winter storm watch, mostly for central and, and south Jersey right now. As you get further north, there's going to be less, so they, they don't have the watches in place just yet. Um, snow accumulation, they're expecting about four to eight inches in our area. So um, it's you know, going to be a significant storm. So uh, definitely if you're heading out, if you're, if you're planning to fly anywhere, <laughs> yeah, what, <laughs> listen to the radio. <laughs> isn't Philadelphia International like protected from? Isn't there like a, a, a dome over the airport or something? That, <laughs> yeah, I think there's you, there's you know. a wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, just just be safe, and uh, yeah, I'm sure they got nice plows out there. We'll get the field plows get, for you. So get you the de-icers off. out. Get the de-icers out. Oh well, yeah. we better go to confession on Saturday, just uh, in case. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I'll tell you, though, I, I was telling Cheryl, this morning I looked and it said 1 to 3, then it said 3 to 5, then it went back to 1 to 3. And two nights ago, they said that it, it wasn't even going to happen. So right. is this, like, becoming more and more a, a real deal, or are they just still not sure? Well, Give me a little peace of mind here. It's interesting you mention that because um, about Wednesday, it looked for, looked for certain that we were going to have um, a storm, and then all of a sudden all the computer models lost the storm. Mm-hmm. They didn't really lose it. They just said it was going to go much further south, uh, so it wouldn't impact us. So you might have looked at your forecast for, um, you know, on Wednesday for Sunday, saying sunny, high around 40. Right. But uh, then all of a sudden, all the weather models, the next run, they came back with the storm again. Yeah. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's where we are now. We're, we're back with the storm. It looks like it's... Uh, it's a certainty now. Certainty now. It's just a you know matter of how much we're going to get. But um, the the snow will end Sunday evening, and then we'll have partly cloud. It's going to be cold 
Sunday night, about 18 degrees. So whatever falls, it's going to stick around and freeze on the roadways. And then uh, Monday, first day of the work week, sunny, on your 31. And then just taking a quick peek into next week, looks like next chance of any snow or rain would be Tuesday, Tuesday night. And then after that's going to get cold, bitterly cold. So Wednesday, we're looking at highs in uh, the low 30s. And then Thursday and Friday, highs in the 20s. So it's wow. going to be pretty cold by the end of the week. Mm. Well, well, not where we are. Hope if we get there. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, you gave us much to discuss. Yeah, now we have to discuss how we're going to work this out. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, thanks a lot, well, Jim. That's Appreciate that. it. <laughs> no problem. No problem. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll talk to you in, in a couple of weeks because next week we won't be here, but uh, yeah. we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. How about Thank that? Thank you so much and happy day. Yeah. Happy day. Happy yeah, National happy Weather Person's Day. Have fun day. wherever you're going. Have fun. Thank All you. Righty. Have a great weekend. Stay Thank safe you. and God yeah. bless. Thanks, okay. Jim. God bless you. Bye. Take care. Thank you. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. They're heroic and virtuous, living in sanctity. But just what when on earth they were just like you and me. And now they're the saint of the day. Saint of the day. We're not going to play Name That Catholic Tune today. We're going to play name, or Saint of the Day. Pretty soon we could play Name That Catholic Jingle. Um, that's true. We only have two of them, though. <laughs> no, there should be <laughs> Some three. Of them always... No, they're because Catholic Tune. Oh, true, 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 true. Saint true. and Weather. That's true. That's well, we'll true. have to get another one for something. Do you want your own jingle? Maybe. Well, I don't know. Well, here are the rules. Yeah. Cheryl's going to give you clues about a particular saint. It's not the liturgical saint of the day, so it's not Saint Agatha, right? Right. It's not today's calendar saint. No. It's we a... chose a saint. Right. To be our particular saint of the day for game show purposes only. So uh, <laughs> don't guess Saint Agatha. That won't work. Because I'll tell you right now, it's not her. It's not Saint Agatha, no. So... <laughs> What you do is you listen carefully to Cheryl's clues, put on your Catholic thinking cap. All of you, especially Catholic school, former Catholic school students, listen carefully. Sister probably taught you about this saint at one point or another in your, uh, in your uh, schooling. And then uh, Cheryl's going to say, before the last clue, this is the last clue, then and only then can you call and uh, take a guess. And the number to call is 609 609- Four nine three eight two five five. That's six zero nine four nine three eight two five five. But don't call until Cheryl says this is the last clue. So now uh, let us play Saint of the Day. I think I have. I think I have suspense. Yeah, I do. Suspense music here. Oh wow, this How is really that? high yeah. class. Okay. 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 I'll listen to that. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. This saint was born in New York City in 1774. Her father was a well-known doctor, but her mother died when she was just three years old. In 1774, she married, oh, wait a minute. The date must be wrong. But anyway, she eventually married a rich merchant who owned a fleet of ships. They had five children and lived a happy life together. She devoted time to her family, to helping others, and to prayer. Their family belonged to the Trinity Episcopal Church in New York City. 
Soon her happy life began to change. Both her father and father-in-law passed away. The family fortune quickly dwindled and then her husband became ill. By 1803, she brought her husband to Italy, hoping the climate there would help him get better. She, her husband and daughter, journeyed by ship, but her husband died shortly after their arrival. This saint prayed, my God, I am alone in the world with you and my little ones, but you are my father and doubly theirs. She and her daughter remained in Italy as guests of the Felici family who were very kind and tried to ease their sorrow by sharing with them their own deep love for their Catholic faith. She returned home to New York City, convinced that she would become Catholic, but her family and friends didn't understand her decision. She went ahead with courage and joined the Catholic Church in 1805. A few years later, she was asked to come and open a girls' school in Baltimore, where she decided to live as a religious sister. Many women came to join her, including her sister, sister-in-law, and even two of her own daughters. They became the Sisters of Charity, and she was given the title of mother. Many young women came to join her, and the community grew rapidly. They moved into a larger house. Besides founding many Catholic schools, she also opened many orphanages. She even made plans for a hospital. She was best known for the way she visited the poor and the sick. And now the last clue. 609-493-8255. Canonized a saint in 1975, she became the first U.S.-born citizen to be declared a saint. 609-493-8255. My friends, if you think you know... Who today's saint of the day is? Call us right now. Six. Oh, here's a caller. How about that? Hi, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello. 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 Pat from Hamilton. Pat oh, hi, from Pat. Hamilton. How are you today? <laughs> Pat, don't listen to the radio. Good, thank listen, you. Yeah, turn your radio down because there's a, there's a delay there. Yeah. Talk to me on the phone. Okay. All right. Okay. So Pat okay. from Hamilton, St. Greg's your parish over there. Uh, St. Raphael. Oh, St. Raphael. Very oh, nice, beautiful okay. parish as well. All right. Well, who do you think today's saint of the day is? St. Mother Francis Cabrini. Ooh. Actually, very close, but it's a different, it's a different saint. Okay. All right. All well, right. thanks for playing. Call again God next time. God bless you. Okay. All right. 609-493-8255. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Nick from Jackson. Nick from Jackson. All right, Nick, what's your parish over there? Uh, St. Aloysius. St. Aloysius. Oh, yes. And uh, who do you think today's saint of the day is? Well, uh, if you remember, my son is an inmate in the Trenton State Prison. Yes. And he's on the phone with me in my other ear. Oh. And uh, he guessed Mother Elizabeth Ann Seton. That's right, Nick. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton is correct. Very yes. nice. Yes. Yes, Mother. She was called Mother Seton, right? Mother Seton before she was Saint. Mother Saint. Seton. Yeah, before yep. she was Saint. That's right. Well, very good, Nick. We appreciate that. Uh, and thanks to your son, too. Yes. He's he's really <laughs> he's, he's really right, on the ball. Yeah, he has to go. They called the phone back. Okay. Right, yeah. All right. All God right. bless you, Nick. Well, we have your information. We though. do. God bless you. Thanks All for right. playing. 
God bless you guys, man. Thank, you. thank you. All Bye-bye. right. And friends, uh, that's it. Mother Ann Seton, blessed Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton is the correct answer. I was at Seton Hall University the day she was canonized, and they closed the university. Really? Oh, of then. course yeah. they would. Mm-hmm. Sure. 1975. So Nick from Jackson, our winner today. Friends, stay where you are. More to come. Don't go away. Be right back. There's more applause and even whistling yeah. for Jim, our weatherman. The river is here. Yes. I wasn't really listening to the lyrics. Is that based on a psalm? 
Well, it's, you know? you know, praise and worship. Praise and worship. Okay. I heard Jeanette today talking in her program. She was humming and singing Matt Marr songs all day. Yeah, very, very popular, all that, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, and it's great to, you know, when you're driving, it's great driving music, mm-hmm. and it's, it's positive, it's joyful, and some of it's just beautiful and meditative. Mm-hmm. Um, do you use it in mass? That's a whole other conversation. But it, there's some great music, and they keep coming out with new stuff. It's amazing. All right. Well, again, congratulations to Nick, uh, who was our Saint of the Day winner today. And we're going to yes. take a break. And, and be, thank you, Pat, for trying. Yes, you know, Pat, Mother good. Cabrini, of course, right. there's the Cabrini close, College and a close. lot of schools. That's and, right. You know. A good guess. All right. So we'll take a break. Another hour coming up. Uh, next hour, we have our gospel reading and our reflection today by Father Gary Koch. And then later on next hour, Dr. Marianne Mount, the president of Catholic Distance University, will join us. So don't go away. More to come on Friday Live. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. You've heard that St. Paul Street Evangelization supports hundreds of teams of evangelists sharing the good news. But did you know that some of these teams are public prayer stations? Set up a sign on the sidewalk and offer prayer and encouragement to those you encounter. Everyone needs prayer. Try this new method of witnessing to Jesus. Contact St. Paul Street Evangelization to get started at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. Father Benedict Groeschel. I want to welcome you, if you're not familiar, with the wonderful world of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I think of the great faith of the immigrants from Europe 
Catholic, Protestant, Orthodox, Jewish, the immigrants from Asia, and how they went on with great courage and determination. If you go visit this Ellis Island in New York City, you'll see endless pictures of faces marked by faith and courage and trust in God. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. What will America become if it makes it impossible for the Holy Spirit to work here because of untruth and self-indulgence and paganism? The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. The, the deal clincher is we found our way to our, our parish and we met just an incredible pastor. We learned things that we'd never been taught. Wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Peace be to you. What is prayer? Well, the best definition of prayer is that it is a lifting of the mind and the heart to God. To make it more simple, prayer is a dialogue. Man breaks silence in two ways. A dialogue with his fellow man and a dialogue with God. My dialogue with a fellow man is a proof that he is a person, and so am I. The same is implied in a dialogue with God. And both of these dialogues are fulfilled in the two commandments, love God and love neighbor. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. We want listeners to see that God has a unique and unrepeatable plan for their lives and how to rejoice in the work God's doing in their hearts and in their homes. God wants to set us free to live more abundantly. More to Life explores what that really looks like, living it out in our everyday life and relationships. More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchak. Heard right here on Domestic Church Media weekdays at 10. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Well, welcome back, friends. Another hour of Friday Live on this first Friday, February 5th. And uh, I just want to remind you, coming up at 6 o'clock, uh, George Rose uh, will be here with um, Brothers in Arms. Bill's not here and is, has a special guest co-host. Nelson Abreu will hmm. be his guest co-host. Great. Uh, somebody new to, new to the state, new to the uh, 
the new exciting voice. world of Catholic yes, radio. That's right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we're here, and of course, we start the second hour every Friday with our gospel reading, and our reflection today is by our friend Father Gary Koch. So um, we want to invite you to just let's place ourselves in the Lord's presence as we hear the um, gospel for the fifth, right? The, it's the fifth. Uh, fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time. Fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time already. How fast does that time go? I know. And then next week, the sixth Sunday, also Valentine's Day, after St. Valentine. Oh, next next Sunday next is the 14th. Week. Yeah, right? the 14th. It is the and 14th. that's also the uh, bury the Alleluia, as in olden days they would literally do that. Physically bury it? A physically bury a parchment, you know, with the Alleluia oh, printed would? on it. Yeah. Oh, just because you can't, can't sing the Alleluia in Lent. That's no, right. That's no right. Gloria either, right? Exactly right. Hmm. But there is a day now. Do you know when throughout Lent there is a day where we can sing the Gloria? Yes, St. Joseph's Day. Very good. I thought And also the Annunciation, if it falls, uh, the um, within. Annunciation, if it falls within Lent. Mm-hmm. Those two feast days. Very good. Right? All right, so uh, let's do that. Let's uh, have our gospel reading for the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him and on finding him said, Everyone is looking for you. He told them, Let us go on to the nearby villages that I may preach there also. For this purpose have I come. So he went into their synagogues preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. After Jesus heals the mother-in-law of Simon Peter and spends what appears to be a very long night bringing healing and peace to the people of Capernaum at the house of Peter, Jesus then turns to his disciples and says, Let us go on to the nearby villages that I may preach there also. For this purpose have I come. This simple statement from Jesus to his disciples at the beginning of his public ministry offers us an important context to understand ourselves as disciples of Jesus Christ and our own purpose in life. Though the crowds are pressing on him in Capernaum, Jesus heads off to other villages to spread the good news, to heal their sick, and to expel their demons. This kind of high-profile celebrity scene at the very beginning of the ministry will soon give way to the rejection by the crowds and Jesus' passion and death on the cross. The example that Jesus sets for us in this encounter with his disciples is the need to move beyond his immediate comfort zone and to carry the gospel beyond the borders of his hometown. The crowd from the synagogue was pressing upon him 
they were hungry for more than he had already given to them. There were certainly many more who were ill and suffering, who needed Jesus to touch them. As Capernaum was more of a cosmopolitan and marine-based community, Jesus easily could have set up shop there, established himself as a residential scholar, rabbi, and faith healer in the town. The crowd's enthusiasm might have trickled, but there would probably have been a steady flow of those coming to learn and experience healing from him. This would have made Jesus look and act much more like the other rabbis and faith healers of his time. Instead, Jesus chose to leave the crowd hungry and wanting more. He also chose to move on to other communities, where he had not yet established a reputation, and to preach there the gospel to them as well. It was not just the people of Capernaum who were in need, or who had a share in the gospel. It was to the whole house of Israel that Jesus was called to preach. St. Paul and the other apostles in the early church saw their commission to proclaim the gospel in much the same way. In imitation of Jesus, they broke out of the communities, the culture, and even the nations in which they lived to carry the gospel indeed to the ends of the earth. We get a glimpse of St. Paul's sense of his own apostolate in his personal reflections in the first letter to the Corinthians. His compulsion and desire to preach the gospel was not his own. It belonged to the one who called him. Paul took the gospel to the highways and the waterways of the Roman world, working exhaustively to bring the good news to all who would hear it. For almost twenty years, Paul traveled throughout the region where he endured much suffering along with the many great gains that he made on behalf of the gospel. We know more about Paul than we do the others because of the importance of his compendium in writing much of the New Testament. While his story is certainly compelling, its uniqueness lies in the magnitude and breadth of his work. It was because the apostles followed Jesus' example and instruction to move beyond the familiar and to break out of their comfort zones that the gospel was able to make such rapid inroads in the Roman world. Likewise, it is because so many missionaries, enlivened with the zeal of the apostles and the work of the religious orders to which they belonged, that the gospel continues to spread and be proclaimed in every corner of the globe. Even with modern communications and the ease of travel, the missionary work of the church continues to be a vibrant aspect of the life of so much of the world. Each of us hears that same call and has been touched by Jesus in the way that is particular to ourselves. We have assigned our faith to its own sphere within our lives and psyches, so that it has been encapsulated in its own comfort zone. The true call of discipleship and the demands of the gospel should be leading us out into new frontiers and encounters, so that we might become more and more the apostolic missionaries which we are called to be at our baptism.
Hmm? Isn't that sweeter than anything? Did you say those anything? are the children of St. Paul's? Yes. Now, this but years is ago, many years those ago. Those children are probably children. parents of their own. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Their own children. That's right. But it was written by the choir director at the time. Oh, really? And uh, they just did a gorgeous, gorgeous job. The entire CD is wonderful. And you know, not too long ago, I, I play a lot of different selections from that CD. Somebody called and asked, who was it? Mm-hmm. Where Where was it from? And so I called the parish office. So this is St. Paul's in Princeton. Right. right on, I guess that's Main Street, right? On Nassau right Street. On, Nassau? Right? Uh, yeah, whatever runs yeah. the, you know, the main corridor. Yeah. And they still have the CDs in the rectory. So it was in honor of maybe a, a certain anniversary. Remember Father Paul Nolan, was it? No. Yes. Monsignor. Monsignor, Monsignor Nolan. Nolan. He's, still, he's still around. Not okay. pastor anymore. But. No, but at the time they were celebrating some significant anniversary. And so that's why they made the CD at the time. Mm-hmm. But he was pastor at the time. So. Mm-hmm. But beautiful job. Not, it wasn't Monsignor Paul Nolan. Paul Nolan is my is friend, your friend? High school. <laughs> Okay, but, <laughs> but anyway. it is Monsignor Nolan. Right, okay. I can't think of his first name. Okay. But not Monsignor Paul Nolan. Paul Nolan. That had a ring to it. Yeah, a buddy yeah. of mine from high school <laughs> who's not a Monsignor. No. <laughs> not a Monsignor. But the point being, a nice Catholic school and beautiful children's voices. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. Even when we sent our children to, to the parish school, uh, our parish school, and of course they're early 30s, late 20s now, so um, it's a you know, generation ago. But the schools were pretty full. Even. Mm-hmm. I mean, the classroom, they had two classes uh, That's exactly of each, it, of each yeah. grade. Two and of that every... was not long ago. Right. But, you know, I think so. I was reading uh, something either online or maybe I heard it on our station somewhere saying how the pandemic, Catholic schools are open and Catholic schools are thriving. More people, yes. as, as Tammy said, more people are want to send their kids right. to Catholic school. Isn't it interesting and, you know, amazing, really, and maybe this was not God's plan, but part of the the result now of this pandemic, people are pulling them out of the public schools and looking for the Catholic schools to transfer. Many have already done so, transferred in, and here it's at a point where, oh boy, the, the Catholic schools are struggling, some are closing, they're combining. Look in our area, five, four or five years ago, mm. they took three schools and made Holy Family Regional. Right, three sense. separate schools t- came into one. Okay, there was a student body of 550, but they're there to stay for the long haul, whereas as three individual schools, they didn't have enough. Uh, to sustain them. But now they're going to be bursting at the seams again. And people are on waiting lists trying to get in. And I thought, aha, Mm -hmm. maybe it's going to turn around and and look how Well, they're saying that's that's one of the positive fruits Mm -hmm. from the past year, uh, the pandemic, is that Catholic schools have really, uh, they're thriving because people are, number one, they're open. Right. (laughs) They're staying open. Right. And uh, the parents are they 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 want to they they see that you know, this virtual learning just isn't working. No, of course we'll talk to Dr. Marianne Mount, who's president of Catholic Distance University, which is a different level of of learning. Well, on a collegiate yes. level, mm-hmm. they have the independent structure and, right. and discipline. Maturity, but yeah. the younger ones, and then you, now, can you imagine us now trying to help a fifth or a sixth or an eighth grader? With math or something, we would be no help. We to couldn't them. do it then either. No, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't do it twenty five years ago. Yeah, but now there's like even a new math where you don't like oh, carry the ten. And that's all crazy that. stuff. Yeah, I know. That's but crazy point stuff. being, we would be totally helpless. But um, that's that's good. 
that they're discovering the true treasures that these Catholic schools are. They're a family environment. They Mm -hmm. have high morals and standards and care and love and concern, and they're not going to have those books on the shelf that are teaching about all the different combinations Mm -hmm. of parents you could possibly have, or I don't know. There's something to be said for the Catholic schools, Mm -hmm. indeed. Yeah. Again, I, I... For me personally, and of course when I went, it was a different. It was different. It was mostly women religious. It was nuns, mm-hmm. mostly nuns, and especially elementary school. Uh, but we had, I had a few, a number of uh, um, sisters of charity teach me in high school because it was that was they were the station there, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was just a wonderful environment. And even when I taught there, and I taught there in the late seventies, early eighties, uh, it was just a very warm, as Tammy described. Uh, the Regina Academy, very warm environment. You know, they were not perfect by any means, mm. but and I didn't have anything to compare it with. I mean, I, I never went to public school, so mm. I didn't have anything. But it was just a very. I, I loved high school. I loved elementary school. Yeah. I didn't like the education part of it, but I just enjoyed. I enjoyed <laughs> you liked the, going. Well, I enjoyed the social. <laughs> I enjoyed the social part of it. Yeah, um, James. Yeah, well, because well, you know, I, I just enjoyed it, and my mom would laugh when I when I became a teacher, and I didn't intend to become a teacher. And she was saying, "You never liked school. How can you be a teacher?" <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? I mean, I know students that that I taught and that were in, you know, the grades with our children, and they some of them were like the troublemakers, the ones that were always getting scolded or, you know, detention or this, that, or the other thing. And now they're teaching. But and I my rationale, and I would I said, Ma, I said, you know, when you're a student, you have no control. When you're a teacher, you do. <laughs> so. My thing probably was I want to be in control, and as a teacher, you have complete control mm. of, of the environment in the classroom. And as a, as a student, you're basically being told what to do, and I just don't – That's not, just not my bag. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can deal with the antics because you probably did some of them yourself we years had, ago. I'd say you? high school, we had so much fun in high school. It was always about and, – and again, not not nasty mischief, just – like little rascals mischief, you know, <laughs> Laurel and Hardy mischief that you would just find yourself getting into and how much you could you could actually get away. And one time I literally did get thrown out of class <gasps> and when I was a junior and I went down to the vice principal's office and she was a laywoman. But I went down there with the other per, the other friend of mine who got kicked out and she looked at the two of us and she thought that he was he was getting thrown out and I was there for something else. And I said, well, I'm actually with him. Oh, Jimmy. You? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Mrs. Grassi. I'm sorry. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. I got, a little, I got a little. I remember one time too. My friend Peter and I, we were, we were hosting the talent show. <laughs> and I forget we, we said or did something that kind of had a double entendre, and Sister Ann Joachim, the principal, didn't like it. And she literally was almost chasing us, and we were hiding, we were hiding in the hallways. She was looking for us. We were, we were running away from her. It was really just – it was so silly. Oh, oh Catholic goodness. schools. Yes. <laughs> That's why I have fond memories of my Catholic But education. I always loved school, and I think because of the education part of it. I mean, I didn't um, – mm-hmm. you know, I would have – a few close friends. I was not one of those that would be into the large groups of friends. There, I had two or three very close friends, very involved in the music all those years, 
And I just, I loved the teachers and, and the whole school setting. I, I mean, now if, if I could, I'd go back to school. I loved school, and mm. that's probably why I taught. Mm. And I loved it, but... Um, yeah, I, I wasn't very yeah. studious. That was my problem. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, we have listeners who said they attended St. Cecilia's Grammar, uh, Grammar and High School in Kearney, mm. up in Hudson County. Uh, great teachers, Sisters of Charity there as well, and I had the Sister of Charity at St. Peter's, New Brunswick. Um, one outstanding nun was Sister Louise Thomasina. I love the names they chose, yes. Sister Louise Thomasina. I had Sister Ursula. I had Sister um, Sister Rosita was one. But then when Vatican II came... In 19, the changes came in Vatican II. Sister Rosita changed her name to Sister Maureen because that was her real name. Oh. And so she went to Sister, her real her real name. Oh, and I remember, I'll never forget, in sitting in class, she came into class, Sister Rosita, and literally pulled her headdress off, her oh. habit, and said, we don't have to wear these anymore. Now I'm Sister Maureen. And I thought, well, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She did it in front. Took it off in front, I mean, just to make a point, I guess. I don't know. Maybe they mm. felt, felt liberated or something when they, you know, when when the. the she's still a sister, though. I know, but she was now Sister Maureen, not and her, she was, and she eventually became principal of the high school. Hmm. Nice, very nice woman, good teacher. But, but took um, off the headdress. Right in the middle of class and yeah. said, "We don't have to wear these anymore." And I, I still have the picture in my mind of her taking the thing off her head. Yeah, you wouldn't forget. And her gray like... hair was showing. She had gray hair. And it was, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Shows even I mean, just the fact how they have hair, right? How oh. old are you? We're in sixth grade, twelve, yeah. eleven, twelve, and so gray hair. And I, all my life, I had the nuns, and they were fully garbed, you know, fully mm-hmm. habited. But she came in, and I, and it was I'll never forget sixth grade, nineteen sixty six. Yeah, and she came in, and whatever they, whatever, I guess when the when the when the impl, implementation of the Vatican II. Uh, you know, part of it was saying, the uniform. Yeah, went. you don't have to wear the religious garb. Mm. Women religious, or or at least a watered down version of it, or something. And that's when the polyester pantsuits became very popular. That was that was. And yeah. the only inclination was a, like a little a pin, little maybe pin. with a cross on it or something. Well, we tell the story. I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell the story because it was it was funny when we used to bring again. He was in good standing. Father Carapi would come to our parish in the early, early days, 20, we're talking 20, over 20 years, 20 years, over 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was just starting his preaching and we brought him to our parish over here. In, in, to uh, do a parish mission. To do a parish mission. And he went up and he, he was talking and he, and he said, um, I was talking to a couple of nuns one day. And he said, I knew they were nuns because they were wearing polyester pantsuits and had a lapel pin on. And right in the front pew in front of him were with a whole group of sisters of Saint Joseph wearing their polyester pantsuits <laughs> with the little and pin. their lapel pins. That's and I right. think I think he knew it. I don't think he well, was. I think yeah. he was hitting. I think he. Was I knew they were to... nuns because of their polyester pantsuits <laughs> and lapel pins. He was making a point there. <laughs> but didn't you see? And I let them. Not, I mean, God bless them. They're, they're, they dedicated their lives to the Lord. But didn't you see some of those nuns shopping in Kmart <laughs> one time? I did. Right. Well, where do you? Where else do you get polyester pantsuits? I know. Not but, Lord and Taylor's. I know, but like you're thinking, nuns. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they shop. I mean, they're people. Well, too. I know they shop, but you, you know, I always think of you know the full habit. Yeah. Like yeah. Mother Angelica habit. You know? Well, you grew up. I mean, you were in school. You saw it every day. You had them as teachers. Right. right? So the yeah. st- the shock is still in my mind. I still picture Sister Rosita t- pulling off oh. her head mm. her headgear there and saying, "My name is Sister Maureen." 
You know, it was I beautiful. think she just passed away last year. Actually. It was beautiful. This past Sunday, we had a blessing of all the religious sisters that are have an affiliation with our parish. You know, they serve the parish in some way. They live in, in the town and come for different things. We're very blessed in Flemington. There's the Carmelites. We have a Dominican nun. We have the Sisters of Christian Charity. And we have a Sister Lucy... Um, well, the, the Filipini sisters, mm-hmm. Lucy Filipini, and she is our CCD director. She comes down from Raritan. She lives up there. But again, you know, they're serving in our parish. So they all came for a special blessing on Sunday, and then the knights gave them a nice little breakfast afterward. But they all sat together, and it was right near where I played mm-hmm. the organ, my music area. And there were all these sisters. And... Um, one of them leaned over and said, don't you feel like you're back in Catholic school? Like I said, yeah, I have to be on my best behavior. I'm sitting by all the nuns. Right. Oh, but it was beautiful, yeah. though. We yeah. appreciate all that they do for the church. I remember when when now, when I was at St. Joseph's in, in Bogota in my early years, I made my first sacraments there in the early 1960s before Vatican II. Um, we, you, had, you went to the Catholic school. We were, went to St. Joseph's, and you had to go to Mass on Sunday. And they would come around and take attendance. Oh, they did. They, oh, yeah, they would make sure you were at mass. They would. But could you go with your family, or did you have no, to sit with your class? I, I don't remember. I, I, we may have sat with our class, uh, but we had to go, and yeah. and and well, uh, they had a clicker. They wouldn't oh. even say shh, or they wouldn't even speak in church. They had a clicker. If you heard the clicker going, it means stop talking. Wow, it was really scary. Click <laughs> that clicker. Remember that clicker? Like wow. But I loved it. I, I and, yeah. and again, look at the product. <laughs> That's right. No worse for wear. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to take a break uh, and uh, come back with Dr. Marianne Mount, who is the president of Catholic Distance University. Mm-hmm. So stay where you are, my brothers and sisters. More to come on Friday Live.
All right, my friends, welcome back on this beautiful first Friday. Dr. Marianne Mount is a respected leader in Catholic education who shared her insights with Catholic organizations around the country. Dr. Mount is president of Catholic Distance University, a leader in online learning that offers associate, bachelor, and master of arts degrees, theology courses, online interactive seminars, humanity courses in classical languages, history, philosophy, and English grammar and composition Way ahead of their time for 20 years, uh, had the Catholic uh, Distance University has been educating students in faith formation and theology. We want to welcome to the program Dr. Marianne Mount. Welcome, Doctor. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, Hi, Doctor. Cheryl, Cheryl here, Jim's wife, and we're very yeah. anxious to hear all about this university and how it got started and, and so on yeah. and so forth. People think uh, this distance, this uh, virtual learning they've been doing the past year is something like, new. Yeah. But uh, basically, for 20 years, <laughs> you've been doing That's right. Tell us about You're that. Right. Tell us about the yeah. university. Well, um, see, I, I'm going to start out by just saying that, um, as everybody knows, the two greatest saints in the church were lay people uh, Our Lady and St. Joseph. Mm. And um, they obviously educated their son in the home. And we were started in 1983 um, by a diocesan bishop who had a great deep love for Catholic education and an understanding of the importance of educating the laity, especially after the Second Vatican Council, when um, it was very clear that we are all called to holiness and we all have a vocation in the church. So we need to have that education and formation. And the unique thing about CDU is it was established to do distance education. So in those days, we had no clue about the uh, impending uh, revolution in communication and the Internet, web-based technology, and so forth. So we were doing correspondence education. Um, but the idea was to bring the education into the home directly to the learner. Uh, recognizing that lay people live pretty hectic lives, right? So we go to work, we have our families, and then to get in the car and drive to university or drive to the parish, um, it's not something that a lot of people can do. Mm -hmm. So that was the, the impetus for establishing CDU. Well, I can even think we have a family member that um, just started to uh, take classes in formation for the diaconate, and he oh, says— wonderful. But his point was, my goodness, you know, I, he works a, a normal job in an executive type position in a Fortune 500 yeah. company and has the children at home. And I, I've got to get home and grab a sandwich or a pack because then I'm going to have to drive all the way to Seton Hall or something. And then everything yeah. broke last year or so. And he goes, no, the classes are online. He goes, this is great that because he doesn't have that drive. But, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. so this is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I will say, I think the pandemic has uh, actually um, pushed um, our enrollment because more and more people have been forced to experience online education. Not that it's always been done well, mm -hmm. but for a lot of people, they discovered, you know, I can learn this way. Yeah. It's convenient. And in some cases, I like it better. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we found that our enrollment is very strong right now. And I would imagine along the way, I mean, look at how many years you've been doing this that you have per perfected or at least c continually improved and tweaked the model. Um, how was that growth? Because it seems like in the last half handful of years, 
And maybe yeah. because I can't quite keep up with it, but there's the newest phone, the newest computer, a faster this, a faster that. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. so how you had to, I guess, stay on top of all the technology to to keep well, up with well, you're its right. growth. You're right. Yeah. As I said, we had no clue when we got started, but uh, the benefit of spending, uh, I would say, you know, almost 10 years doing correspondence education, we learned how to support learners at a distance. So when um, we went online in 2000, we understood it. Um, and I, my uh, research, my background is in distance education and human development. So I was blessed with a knowledge of the research base of online education, of distance um, technologies and so forth. So um, yes, it's a very fast-moving um, part of higher education, and uh, you know I can. I'm happy to say that you can do an MA degree in theology at CDU um, on your smartphone with an app. Wow. So Amazing. it's phenomenal. Um, all of the developments, um, and it's all great news. It is. I remember a, a few years ago, I was just out of curiosity checking out some different universities. Uh, to see how that works, uh, uh, getting degrees online. But they said they all required yeah. you had to spend at least a certain number of credits on campus. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. always that requirement. Yeah. As obviously, this is not yeah. that type of situation. You mean I'd have to drop well, you well, off? And on... I think, I think the point that you're making, which is a very good point, and actually it helped grow our business, was this con- commitment to um, a campus and to a classroom. Um, and thinking that, especially with adult learners, that this is the only way we can actually form people, that we can actually transmit the faith. Um, and we didn't, we didn't buy that. And we had ample evidence. Um, we have our graduates of just uh, really their stories are very transformative. Um, and so I think now with the pandemic, uh, more and more universities are recognizing that the future of higher education is never going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I know one of the one of the um, uh, arguments that people have, but uh, with elementary school or even high school age students about the virtual yeah. learning, but it's different. I, I'm imagining for those who attend university level education, they don't have those same yes, types. I would of things. agree with you. My daughter is a first grade teacher, and um, she does do the virtual learning because she's forced to, but um, she believes that a first grader needs to have that direct encounter with a teacher, with other students. And, and I agree with that. I mean, we're working with you know, working adults right. uh, primarily, although I think um, each age group has different needs. So we're now looking because we have a bachelor's degree and an AA degree. We're looking at younger students and we know that their needs and their types of student support will be different. Um, but most adult learners are, I mean, they've you know, proven themselves in the workforce. They've got family responsibilities. They know how to juggle their time. Mm-hmm. So many of them um, actually like having more control over their learning, and they manage it well. I mean, obviously not everybody does, but the majority do. Mm-hmm. Especially this, uh, you know. Again, we've been we've had the internet with us now for almost a genera- full generation. People That's are right. just so used to. It. Whereas when even when you started, I, it was it was new for many many people. Yes, but yes, now it was. I mean, it was new for us too. Yeah. But um, you know, we've now been doing it for twenty years. We really were the pioneers 
in the area of theological education. Um, and, you know, I, I think a number of students come to us specifically because, number one, we're 100% online. Number two, we've been doing it longer than anyone. Right. Uh, you know, so it, most universities will advertise their online programs, but it's campus and online. Ours mm-hmm. is not and anything else. This yes. is what we do. Right, right. We're talking with Dr. Marianne Mount, and she is the president of Catholic Distance University. And, uh, Doctor, the, the uh, we mentioned here that you do offer associate, bachelor, master of arts degrees. Um, is it all th- theology courses, obviously? Uh, or what are the courses of study that people have uh, available to them? Is it simply— Well, I, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because um, we have grown over the years and we've expanded our curriculum— as you mentioned in the introduction, we're offering a number of general education courses that you could perhaps think about going to a community college to take, you know, like you know, Introduction to English Composition, for example, or Western Civilization. We do um, Philosophy of the Human Person. Most of our general education has specific Catholic content because... Mm-hmm. We want to motivate students to come to CDU for their general education, in addition to the um, degree uh, and the, the major. Um, so, you know, they can't go to a community college and study the, you know, the dignity of the human person, for example. Or uh, when we teach economics, we include Catholic social teaching. So, um, you know, this is, but I think it's great that we've expanded. Uh, we're offering three languages, Greek, Latin, and Spanish. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I see the curriculum continuing to expand um, as it really um, relates to theology, it enriches theology, but our field of expertise is really theological education. But obviously, theology touches every part of life. Absolutely. And it should be a part of our life. You know, we, we can't yeah. say that it's just for Sunday and then, you know, there are other days I'm going to be real secular about everything. L- let me well, ask. You're so right. Yeah, yeah, right. And how beautiful that would be. Let's say someone is going to go to um, a four-year institution, but for the first couple of years, you know how they do that. They live at home. They go to the local community college. Well, now that's yeah. not even a possibility. You know, everything's online. How beautiful right. that would be to go to these, um, the Catholic Distance University and take these needed credits, but with that Catholic in-depth, you know, formation. And then you take that, I I imagine then you could transfer your credits and then go finish off music or whatever it is you want to major in. Yes. Yes. In fact, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, this was a, this 2020 was a, a, an interesting year for CDU because we dealt with three different accreditors last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we have a, an accreditor that we've been accredited by now for over 30 years, the Distance Education Accrediting Commission. And then in June, we were accredited by the uh, Association of Theological Schools, which accredits most Catholic seminaries. Uh, they accredit our graduate programs. And then we're just... Um, we went through an accreditation with the Higher Learning Commission, which is a regional accreditor, um, also an institutional accreditor. And you might say, well, my goodness, why did you go through all this? Well, we, we want to, uh, we did this for our students because we don't want our students 
to have any question about the academic excellence of their credentials. They work very hard. We have excellent faculty. Um, you know, we fulfill all of the standards of, of these accreditors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to make sure when they, like, for example, do what you're suggesting, which is to take a course or a couple of courses and transfer them to, a, let's say, a degree in business or criminology or healthcare, or whatever, mm-hmm. that those credits are going to transfer. Yes. So, so we've done this um, to help our students ensure that there won't be any issues. You know, regarding what they've accomplished at CDU. Yeah. Excellent. And I'm also thinking we had earlier on one of our guests uh, is the uh, head of the school. It's a, a, an academy, local ac- ac- Catholic academy that is in the yes. classical curriculum. And we see a lot more of these um, char- private uh, schools opening that way. Is this something that maybe would be a nice transition from students who graduate from the these types of classical curriculum school. to, mm-hmm. to uh, yes. d- your university? Yes, in fact, um, if, if, even when these um, accreditations are in place, um, we have been looking at what they call dual credit, where we would offer um, academic credit to upper-level high school students. Oh, okay. All right. And then those credits could transfer when they apply to college. Beautiful. And do I so notice—oh, Sorry. No, well, go ahead. Okay. Do I notice also, so you offer the various degrees and associates and, and beyond, but there's online interactive seminars. Can you just expand on that a little bit? Yes, I, I'd be happy to do that. So so we do the academic programs, academic certificates, but we also have a very robust curriculum in non-credit courses mm-hmm. and seminars. So uh, the seminars are three weeks, they're interactive, and they are led by one of our qualified faculty. Mm. So uh, if you're someone who would like to study the faith um, at a non-credit level, but you'd like to have a, a professor and you'd like to meet other students um, and have great discussions, then a seminar would be perfect. Oh, that's if you're uh, a person who says, you know what, I want to learn um, about the Old Testament. Or I want to study the, the uh, letters of St. Paul, um, and I'm a busy person, and I don't need discussion. Just give me the knowledge. So you can go in, and it's, it's like shopping on an Amazon platform. You just go in, pick your course, put your credit card in, sign up, and you're on your way. Oh. So that's what we call We call those on-demand uh, okay. courses. Oh, that's great. And then it's also a little intensive. Like you said, it's in generally a three-week commitment or yeah. so on, rather than the entire semester. And that maybe will whet people's appetite. And, and then they realize, hey, I can handle this with my schedule. Uh, next time, I right. will take a full semester course. Well, over the, right. sum, over the summer, I was... Um, you know, home a lot and with the whole quarantine and and not working as much. And I went and I thought I never would see myself sitting on the the computer with a Zoom program going. I mean, I'm older, (laughs) but there I was on webinars with some leading people in New York City and, um, you know, just getting all this knowledge and practical experience and hearing other people share their dilemmas or challenges. It was the best thing. And I'm talking about 
about a 90-minute or a two-hour yeah. webinar, but I had the yeah. time of my life. So that's why I specifically asked about the seminars, because I always loved school. <laughs> I want to learn <laughs> yes. something new. Well, you know what? I think what you're you're sharing is the natural hunger that we all have for knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we grow in our spiritual life, the, the deepest hunger is knowledge of God. Um, and so I, that is what people, what draws people uh, yes. to see to you. And I think once they, you know, there's a little a bit of anxiety always, particularly for older people who are doing something online. But, you know, once you do it, you realize, oh, this isn't that difficult. Right. Um, right. And wow, it has really opened my eyes. You yes. know, I didn't know all that. Oh, it's, um, and it's good for our brain, you know. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And I think God intends for us to grow intellectually lifelong. Right. Yeah, you know, that's part of who we are as, as humans, you know. That's right. We, we have mind and heart and soul, and we have to, you know, we have to feed. Feed them all. All, all, of, mm-hmm. all, of, all of what makes us who we are. Beautiful. Well, we've been talking with Dr. Marianne Mount, the president of Catholic Distance University. And Dr. Mount, so uh, tell our listeners how they can find out more about Catholic Distance University. Well, I, I would love for your listeners to uh, pay a visit to our website. It, we have the simplest web address anyone could imagine. It's cdu.edu. Cdu.edu. So mm-hmm. .edu. Catholic edu. Distance University. Edu. edu. So it's all lowercase, just type in cdu.edu, and it will bring you to our website. And um, there's all kinds of stories about our graduates, descriptions of our academic programs, our non-credit programs, alumni, just all kinds of wonderful information. We also have a a campus tour. (laughs) You're right. Well, yeah, I think I, I, I think what it does, Doctor, is it, it puts you on an equal playing field with other universities because now any any young person who's looking at universities, they're probably not going to go to campus because right. they're closed. So right. you're you're really on right. that very very same level playing field with them. So mm-hmm. edu, I'm sorry, cdu.edu, right. cdu.edu, yeah, edu. very edu. good. Cdu.edu. All yes, right. Well, we have a toll free number. Um, so. Yeah, we we welcome visitors. Okay. So please. <laughs> All right, yeah, listeners, you, you heard the – check it out, cdu.edu. Dr. Mount, thank yes. you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate, appreciate the time, and God bless you for all the good work you do. Well, thank you so much. Good and luck. God bless the work that you're doing. Thank, thank you. you. We'll stay in yeah. touch. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye now. All right, friends, stay where you are. I'll be right back. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. You need to ask God to touch your mind and touch your heart and touch your soul so that you can look at yourself without guilt and look at Jesus with hope and love and deep, deep, deep faith. It says, Jesus, here I am. I have many good qualities and some not so good. Help those that are good to grow. Help those that are not good to be changed, to be transformed so that you and I, as we go along in our life, can give courage to others. We can say, hey, look, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult to overcome this weakness, but look, Jesus in you can do it. 
The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Scripture says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy makes you attractive, helps you enjoy life, safeguards your energy. Being resentful, angry, and miserable just makes you tired. Joy is strength. That's why the devil wants to rob your joy. He wants to sap your strength. He wants to steal that next great moment with your kids and have you be focused on mean stuff someone did to you at work instead. Ever think of how easy it is to focus on something negative that happened to you and how hard it is to stay focused on positive things? We never tend to obsess on positive interactions like, dang it, I just can't shake the thought of that guy who was kind enough to let me in front of him on the freeway. <laughs> right? Listen, you only get about 30,000 days on this earth. Don't ever give a whole day to being angry at somebody else's bad behavior. No one is worth that. As St. Teresa of Avila said, let nothing disturb you. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com on EWTN Radio. Okay, welcome back. Welcome back for a couple of moments because we're almost at the end yeah, of our time. Almost at the end. So, uh, so stay safe Sunday. Yeah, I don't know. I don't trust the weather forecast. I like Jim, <laughs> but I don't trust the weather forecast. I think they've been they've been wrong. Keep it's mm. bouncing back and forth, you know, and if, if there was a chance it was going to go south, maybe it still will. We will keep an eye on it. We'll but if you're home, it. check out Catholic Distance University. It doesn't matter what it's doing outside. You can go to school in the comfort of your own home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that sounds. I, I don't. I don't know tuition cost. That's probably all on the website there. But uh, yeah. it sounds like a, a pretty good deal if you. Uh, but the fact that they've got all those degrees mm -hmm. at three different levels, they, they must have a huge offering. I'm going to yeah. look at it. Yeah, well, see what see what it has in store. And it is a good. Uh, as I said, I, I think you know people like I drove by the. We were right here by the College of New Jersey. Mm. And I don't think the students are there. No. So they're just learning from home anyway. All and I don't those, know what they're paying. But <laughs> right. All those dorm rooms and buildings and cafeterias right. and people that are not working. Right. But it's a huge campus. And I know throughout the United States there are campuses. So how do they, how do they, even, how do they even like, like you, you, were, you were a piano uh, how do you do major. It? How do you do that? With great difficulty. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, you need to be in the studio one-on-one, face-to-face, hands-to-hands. in that area. How do you do it? But they are, they're giving lessons online yeah, and, yeah. and all that, but it wouldn't be me. All right, well, listen, we're going to head on out of here now. Next week, uh, we're uh, not here, so there'll be repeats. I'll have a repeat on uh, my program Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'll have the best of Friday Live interviews on Friday. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. And uh, I'll be back with you on Ash Wednesday, and uh, we'll be back in two weeks. So, God willing. Have a, have a great day. Bye.